Signal final segment on Friday. It's BFF, Brett Fesseling Fridays here on The People's Show, coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Uh, you'll hear from Brett Fesseling tomorrow on our airwaves, back-to-backs this weekend, uh, bright and early as well, 10 a.m. tomorrow, Detroit, 10.30 a.m. on Washington on Super Bowl Sunday as well, and uh, we just watched a stinker yesterday. Uh, but let's talk to him. Brett Fesseling joins us now, former Vancouver Giant, former uh Former NHLer uh, joins us here on Fridays here on the People's Show. Brett, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Uh, excellent. Uh, I, I've licked my wounds for a for, for, you know from a tough show yesterday, which was a, a tough one to get through at times because people were, were were so frustrated. And look, it can be tough. Losses happen in the in a season, and uh, bad losses happen as well. I, I want to ask you, uh, what was uh, your your worst loss that that you suffered in the NHL? In the NHL, I, mean, I, I think it was more Detroit. We lost game seven with Cleary. That was a nail-biter, though. That was a one-goal right. Cleary scored with. Like, we want regular season, though. We want left. regular season. Like, game sevens are devastating. Like, like regular season, is there one that, like, your team just didn't have it? Yeah, I mean, you would go into San Jose. We would go into San Jose when they had their President's Trophy All right. winners, and they would be up. They got five nothing in a hurry. <laughs> in that loud building, it was pretty incredible. So I mean, there's so many games; it's hard to pinpoint one. There is tough losses, and I think there's a skill to having a short memory when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the Canucks do for last night is probably try to bury it, learn their lessons, bury it, forget it, and go into Detroit. Well, that's the benefit of hockey, and not uh, like the NFL, right? You have six days to stew in this filth of like, oh my goodness, that was the worst one. Everything went wrong. You, they're back at it tomorrow. Uh, so, so bouncing back is uh, as good as the next opportunity is. Uh, you know what? And I'll be fair here as well. Uh, what was your funnest win then? Funnest win in the NHL? They're all fun. They're all great. <laughs> I think we had a couple in Vancouver that were always fun because we'd come in early usually three days early and then guys would go out or, ha- or have dinners. Those were fun. It was always fun going up to LA, uh, kind of that rivalry and, and winning in that bar. Cause that would always be packed with Anaheim fans. But yeah, they're all fun. Tampa Bay, you get to go out after and get on the beach. Actually, I, live, I mean, I played most of my games in Anaheim, so it was beach almost every day. <laughs> they're all. Uh, so I was joking there before the break that um, I, I kind of want to ask you about this anyways. They, they take this day, the, this break, right, from the All-Star, and they were firing. You know, they picked up points. It, it ended last night, but they had picked up points in 12 in a row. They've, they're obviously, you know, number one in the league. Do you worry that the break just kind of cools you off? Like, it's as if getting up from the blackjack table when you're on a heater, right? It's, it, it cools you off. Do you worry about that at all? Yeah. For sure. It, it, there's definitely like a rhythm in this momentum you get to just carry through that helps. And sometimes that break is good if it's a, if it's a bad streak for, for a rest and sometimes it's bad on a good streak because yeah, exactly it just takes away that momentum and then you feel like you're restarting. Like a, a game against Carolina looked like they were just picked up stride where they left off. But um, I mean, I guess we'll see them in Detroit tomorrow, but yeah, you do worry about just getting out of that rhythm. Is it akin to like coming back from an injury? How many games did it always feel like it, it, it took you to get back into rhythm? From that, I would say two. Like if you're coming off an all-star break or Christmas break, it's mm-hmm. usually a two-gamer, I would say. 
the first game, the turkey skate's always tough, as we used to call it. Yeah. But, yeah, it's usually a couple games just to get that timing back. And just you saw it last night, I think, guys in the right positions in terms of getting back into the middle, but just not shoulder checking, not seeing details. First first goal, sleeping on Marshall, that's a pretty good example of just details and a little lackadaisical coming off the break. So so what's actually bad here right now? Because you know, I, I think there's some, some reaction to last night and potentially overreaction, but it was like it was it was troubling for everything across the ice, uh, and, and for a lot of different players. And and I almost just burn that tape and move on and just kind of delete it from your memory. Because if you actually go through these two games since coming back from the break, okay, the, the, the two shorthanded goals and, and game state changes it. They're down to nothing because of what happened shorthanded. But five on five in that first period, like, hey, they, they were more than fine. They didn't give up a, a five on five goal against Carolina. So the as far as like the thing that translates most to the playoffs, five on five play, what's been actually bad? Or has there been? I think it's been relatively good for the most part. Like there is some breakdowns. I think if you look at the last two games, there is some middle of the ice and you know, if you want to talk about talk it protect the guts and there's been mm-hmm. a couple even Carolina game there was a few call it passes from the wall that get into the middle of the ice. And you saw Natchez had a couple a couple opportunities. It's just more of puck focused on the wall, not necessarily picking up your assignment in the middle. But there is guys in the middle. And I'll give the Carolina game, they were at fault for for being aggressive. I think they like that. You want to limit the space and be up as much as you can. Yesterday's game was a bit of a different story. That was guys that just seemed like they didn't have it or weren't on it uh, mentally. So, I mean, probably just continue to protect the ice and make sure you're picking up those details. Other than that, I think it's been pretty good. We were talking yesterday uh, on the post-game show, and, and you de- detailed a lot on the uh, the first goal uh, for Marshan. Just the, the, the communication breakdown potentially leading to that goal. Is, is that something that, like, for fans and, and media, like we under-discuss just how much communication plays a role in some of these goals? Yeah, I think communication is huge, and it's one of the biggest, not just fans don't recognize it, I think it's one of the biggest differences between the AHL and the NHL, or for when I played it was anyway, right. is how much the guys actually talk. That would be, I, the younger it's got, or when I got older playing, I think talking in the younger generation, there was less. But the old guys, when I came in, call it 2010, 2009, there's a lot of talk. There's, there's a full discussion on that. And it would actually be a good thing to, if you just cut the mics or put the mics just in the ice and cut the crowd noise to see how much they talk. I remember like when I first played my very first pro games, and this is an Eric Weinrich story, so everybody will remember Eric Weinrich mm-hmm. for the neon yellow visor. Yellow visor, yeah. Yeah, but he was playing in poor. He was my first D partner in pro because he was the coach – and so there were so many injuries in Portland, Maine, that he decided to just play as an assistant coach. And then he continued to play for two and a half years after that. But he, I was struggling, and he came in, and I feel like I learned three years of the program by playing two weeks with him because he talked so much. It was like a parrot on your shoulder. You didn't have to think. You're coming back full blast with somebody on your shoulder. He's telling you, man, turn right center 
And then it's you don't have to think, I know there's a guy here I can turn off to my right and I'm passing into the middle. And that's just my first look. And I still need to make reads, but it takes a lot of that me second-guessing or having to look or not being able to see somebody. It tells me where those guys are. So it's a huge part of the game. And you see goals that are very preventable, like last night, from just somebody could have talked and just said back or backhand or fire it. Something like that where it's just letting Demko know where their guys are and not to put it in certain areas. Uh, the other topic of conversation, it seems like it happens after every loss, especially when he's uh, not producing. It's, it's it's Elias Pettersson. And, you know, we, 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 we've sighed a little bit at some of the conversations in, in post games of, like, really, we're, 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 we're stripping this guy down and saying, like, he's not this and he's not that. Beyond the production right now, uh, what what is missing from him? Is he not getting into certain areas of the ice? Is it a physical engagement? Like, where is where are elements that you are actually concerned about here here in the short term? Yeah, I'm not sure. It's, he's he's so dynamic and so good when he's on that it's hard to break him down when he's off. But I think in games last night, you do see a drop off in positioning. I feel like he's usually so good that when he does have blatant missed assignments or stays on the wrong side of a guy or he loses that puck battle or he has a careless turnover, which we've seen games here and there, that really stands out because we're just used to some pretty phenomenal play by him. But I think, yeah, there is – I think Talk would probably like to see more consistency at a certain level. I don't think he can play at, you know, October PD, October, November, when he was the best player in the world, it seemed like, Mm -hmm. for a month there. I don't think they expect that every night, but definitely on the defensive side and probably the effort side, you know, sometimes he gets discouraged. I don't think he's not trying, but he gets discouraged and the body language is a little negative. I think if you get that in the positive direction, control the effort and maybe bring the consistency up just a little bit so we don't have that kind of dramatic drop-off in certain games, I think that would be nice to see. But, again, he he's extremely good. He's played a lot, a lot of hockey. And it could be him just being a little wore out too and, and – talk trying to get some rest for him coming down the stretch here there was some focus uh some focus on his his play on the heinen goal um but the play that causes all that is is charlie coyle making this fantastic play and you know i just just thinking about it rewatching today how often we'll see that now moving forward so if, if you're miller if you're hughes what's the counter that you're now preparing for when players try to scrape the the d-man there take away the stick and then charge after the puck on that play if, if you're those two guys what are you trying to adjust to I think you're going low. I think it's if they can recognize that a guy is high trying to cut that off, then they should have him beat. So I think that's what you're trying to do is pull those guys out high mm-hmm. to do that. And as soon as they recognize that, try to attack low, get it to whether it's Besser or Miller kind of on the goal line, get down there and find the odd man. The whole, the whole point of the power play is to find that, odd man wherever you can and then the whole thing of the pk is they're trying to put so much pressure that it feels like you don't have a two-on-one somewhere or you have to make two passes to get around it so if you can find that two-on-one and they're taking guy extra high and opening more space get it down low and then try to just automate down low i would think anyway something to keep an eye on this weekend two games uh, on the way uh brett we always appreciate it man we'll talk soon thanks so much 
There he is, Brett Fesseling. You'll hear him uh, tomorrow on our airwaves uh, as we get uh, set for a game against the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, bright and early, Batch and uh, Brett with the call, myself and Sat on intermissions and post games. All right. We, we needed, like, I couldn't do this during Big Six because we needed a stretch of time here to break down the halftime. It, it, it is my favorite segment of the year, uh, and, and we, we start playing some of the tracks as well. So we're going to say goodbye to the podcast listeners uh, because, you know, we can't play music on the pod. So thanks for tuning in to the uh, People Show pod. 